Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Pride Memories. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always proud T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Long time no see. I know, it's kind of weird. I almost totally forgot about today's recording because we didn't record for what? We missed, we, we skipped, we had a, like a two-week break. Yeah. So yeah, I was a little, I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do today? Oh, shit. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get ready for a recording. So I'm a little frazzled today, I'm not going to lie. Other than that, I'll, I'll just dip into the news and then, then we'll get into your exciting adventure. Okay, can I just say though that you've turned up today, very coordinated listeners, you can't see, but TB's got a like a, a dark pink t-shirt on and like an almost uh, pinky purple hat. Uh, and your face has uh, got a nice sort of rouge. You're presenting as the perfect pink lady. My face is a rouge because it's uh, humid. And I don't have the fan on in my office. And you'll hear about why in a second. But anyways, all right. So on the work front, A Woman Trapped, the eighth book in the Lizzie series, the audiobook was released a week and a half ago. And uh, Stephanie Murphy, the narrator, did a fantastic job on that. But I also have to give some props to uh, ACX because this one only took eight days to go through the whole system. Remember when it was taking, like, I don't know, 75 days? Ah, eight days. Wow. I mean, that is quick. It, it, it's almost like they've they've unplugged some bottleneck that they had, and now, <laughs> now it's not even touching the sides, just shooting through. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if there was just, like, some, like, problem with their algorithm or something that was just jamming them up or something but they've seemed to have as of now worked out the kinks so that's good news so yeah so that book is out and it's always it's always a relief to get the audiobook out because now since i do have a lot of books in audio every listeners now expect all my books to automatically be put in audio like as soon as i release a book are you getting that as well like it used to be like oh when's this going to be in paperback and i'm like oh it takes a couple days for the the, the pages to sync with Kindle and paperback and now it's like oh when's this going to be an audio and I'm like that takes a little longer <laughs> that takes a little longer yeah and I think I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and this guy was saying that he likes to get all his books in uh, ebook paperback audio and hardback because he thinks that it makes you look more professional um, and there's probably truth in that but as we know uh, audio books cost money to do and time as well so uh, it's not quite as simple as that if you're just running your own uh, one woman band business as we are I think most of my books I have got into audio and I did go back and do the long weekend recently the only one I haven't is uh, the all I want series and I do get requests for that all the time maybe one day there's a, a couple of my series I haven't done it yet or I haven't completed certain series but um it, yeah it takes time and it is an investment of your time and money and everything and, and then the narrators are super busy right now so you have to get on their schedule as well so it's yet another thing we have to manage but anyhow on the writing front Miranda McLeod and I are busy tapping out words on our next co-write and I'm greatly re relieved to report my resistance is finally ebbing oh hooray. I, was, I was going through some massive resistance for a very long time and um, the words are coming easier it's been a joy to write again and it, it's I think it's helped that I've um, 
working with a friend, our writing styles match up really well, and our sense of humors match up well. And it's just sometimes you just I get I think I get overwhelmed because I published a lot in the beginning of this year, and I get overwhelmed at like keeping up the keeping up the words and keeping up the humor and the heartfelt stories. It 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 can get overwhelming sometimes for me to have to keep consistently producing books of a certain caliber. Do you ever feel that? Yeah, but I think I have sort of more full-on years, uh, some years, and then less full-on years, other years. And even though my output's fairly consistent, sometimes I, like, like for instance, last year, I did actually wrote four books, but I only released three. Whereas this year, I've only written one book so far. So it kind of seems like a less busy year, even though I've released two. So, yeah. So I think, I, I think naturally my rhythm just slows, and probably that's what happened to you as well. We, we, we talk about all the time, like, if it's great when you are getting a lot of output, but um, it doesn't last. We're always talking about prepare yourself because it's not going to last. You can't keep writing that much. And I think I hit my my block because, um, yeah, I was writing a lot because, well, there was nothing else to do last year. But the words are coming back, and I'm relieved because I was very nervous on this end. This is a little late in coming since we took a couple weeks off, but over a Memorial Day weekend, um, I spent the night in Rockport, Massachusetts, and I had a room with a lovely ocean view. Like, literally, I could hear the, the water hitting the rocks. And so naturally, and it was Memorial Day weekend, which is usually the unofficial kickoff of summer in the States. Mm-hmm. So naturally, the temperatures were freezing, it was windy, it was rainy, and so I had to stay inside. <laughs> the entire time because it was just fucking miserable to be outside and then like a like three days later when I was home and I no longer had the, this ocean view it was like 90 degrees beautiful blue skies and I was like motherfucker like seriously does mother nature just hate me <laughs> I, I think it was similar here because we're recording this on uh, June the 24th and of, of course June the 21st is the longest day and here on the longest day <laughs> It was raining and 13 degrees, and we had the heat on. So, um, happy longest day. You had to turn the heat on? Yep. Wow, the heat. The heat on in June. <laughs> that sucks. Um, and then I have one final thing to discuss, and it's um, titled In Disaster News. So, while you were frolicking through the beautiful Scottish countryside, I was going through fucking hell on this end. <laughs> My upstairs neighbor who I think is now gone, is not a pleasant person in normal situations. He, he's the type that just screams a lot at everybody. He, he ended up flooding my kitchen. His kitchen is right above my kitchen. I, it was like a Saturday or Sunday, and all of a sudden I noticed like my power in half my apartment went out. And, I was, I was, and it was a hot day. I was like, oh, is everyone running their conditioning? Did a fuse get blown or something like that? So I didn't think too much about it because we do lose power quite a bit. But then all of a sudden I kept hearing this like drip drip sound behind me and so I went into my kitchen and I looked at the ceiling and I was like oh fuck this is about to come in and so and remember in the uh episode about my greatest fear about fire mm-hmm. how I'm afraid I'm gonna burn alive yeah water started pouring out of my light in the ceiling <laughs> I was like mm, this isn't good no. this isn't good at all <laughs> So I got a hold of my apartment people, and they did send someone within a couple hours. And I wanted to, I had to go upstairs and talk with my uh, neighbor, who is not a nice person. And when I said to him, 
my kitchen ceiling is about to come in. He had this really guilty look, and then he just shut the door in my face. <laughs> so I was like, what is he doing that is flooding my kitchen? And he didn't think it would like actually affect me, but it obviously did. And so I was out. I didn't have power for several days because they had to let everything dry out. The ceiling had to be redone. Like, it was just a freaking nightmare. And then, like, last weekend, the power went off again. But I think this this time was due to heat. As luck would have it, right before all this commotion happened in my kitchen, I threw my back out because I was in a really bad car accident when I was a teenager. And so when the flood started happening, I had to move everything really quickly. And I was just going on adrenaline. So after I got everything moved, I was like, oh, my back's even worse. And then... To make it worse, I also had caught my first cold during all this. It was just not a fun time. I didn't have a kitchen. I didn't have power. My back was killing me, and I had a terrible cold. What can I say, TV? Uh, you know, but things have turned a corner now, and everything is fine, and, and your back's all better. Yeah, I did a lot of the stretching. You know all the stuff I'm supposed to do that my physical therapist told me to do, and I never remember to do it until the back goes out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this every day. Water coming through light fittings, it's quite common. I think that's like, you know, yeah. the gaps in the ceilings, isn't it? I know my yeah. sister's had that, and some friends were telling me about that recently. So, Yeah, there was a, a shit ton of water that came through. Um, the rug that was in there had to be tossed. Um, a lot of stuff had to go because it was just nasty water, too, because it's going through all that shit. <laughs> It's not, so, it's not. It's not like from a Scottish uh, Highland Spring, is it? No, it was, it was pure, just brown, dirty water <laughs> coming through. I was like, oh, this is great. So that was my two weeks away from you. So apparently, we can't take breaks because I get disaster. No. How was your time away? <laughs> so my time away was um, fucking epic. Going to Scotland, going to the Scottish Highlands was um, one of those trips that my wife and I have talked about for years, but. When you can fly to other places, other more remote places, places that are a bit nearer to you, just d drop off the radar and you think, oh, I might go there. I'll get on a plane and go there. But because of the uh, pandemic, we've decided that we're not we're not flying anywhere, um, mainly because, well, we can't <laughs> uh, from the UK. Um, but, you know, you can fly to certain places, but, you know, I'd rather not fly in this current time so we decided to go to Scotland and uh, honestly it was our best holiday in years um, the scenery was just absolutely incredible the driving was great um, the food was lovely the people were fantastic and the most important thing we couldn't have chosen two better weeks to go away um, because we've had we had a heat wave in the UK and so obviously in London they were it was 25 degrees every day which is 80 for you over there in America yeah. In Scotland, it wasn't quite that hot, but it was still hot. I bought these waterproof shoes. Um, I bought a brand new waterproof coat. It rained for one hour in two weeks in Scotland, <laughs> which is unheard of. All the Scottish people are like, you've, you've chosen the best two weeks in about the last decade. Well, that was purely by accident, but very welcome. So I'm, I'm sure the weather made a huge um, difference, but it was just amazing. And it was just so nice to have a, a full two week break. It was a complete break. Um, I, I think I looked at my laptop once for something else, but I, I didn't do anything work wise. Um, I did bring my laptop with me just in case, but I didn't open it. I opened it once. Because um, I always think when I go away, I might be struck by an amazing idea. And I was struck by a couple of amazing ideas, uh, but I never want to start them there and then because I'm too busy, busy being on holiday. So. It was great. It was lovely to have a break, um, and I would highly recommend the Scottish Highlands. Now, is it what's what's the 
terrain like when you're like going for a ramble? Are you climbing, going up and down, or is it more relative flat? What's it like? Depends which bit. I mean, most of the bits are are up and down. So um, there's a lot of glens they call them in Scotland, which I think is the Scottish word for a hill. Uh, Scottish people, feel free to um, <laughs> correct me on that. But that's what I assume. I'm sure they will. Yeah. <laughs> Because the Scottish word for lock, for lake, sorry, is lock. There you go. Look. And, you know, honestly, um, in the UK, there's a, a bit in the north, just below Scotland, called the Lake District, which people go to for its beautiful scenery and lakes. Well, Scotland says, I see your fucking Lake District and I raise you. The Scottish Highlands, I think a lot of people don't go there because it is quite a bit further up, right? I mean, if you drove it, it'll probably take 12 hours from here, which in the UK is just like another world away. I know in the US, driving 12 hours isn't considered that long. But in the UK, you're basically driving one end of the, one end of the country to the other and people don't do it. Uh, we got the overnight train up and then hired a car and then drove around um, the Highlands. But it is that far, it is that little bit further away that not many people go. So it's pretty empty. It was actually more empty than I anticipated it might be and it was just beautiful and one other thing that's really epic about it is that um because you're so far north the sun doesn't set till about midnight so the light is just incredible you've just got daylight it gets dark for about four hours from about midnight the sun rises about four half four so every every night was just beautiful to sit out and um have a drink and just look at the amazing scenery because everywhere you looked it was amazing and we also found some amazing beaches like the Caribbean, but there was no, no one on them. We got so were they? Was, was it so? It wasn't like the um, what do you call the beaches in uh, what's well the shingles, the pebbles? No, no, no. Completely sandy beaches, gorgeous hidden coves. I mean, the water was fucking freezing. Don't get me wrong, but the the day, the couple of days we were sort of we had accommodation by the beach was two of our hottest days. Like we were in shorts and t-shirt on the beach having lunch, and it was beautiful. Isn't that funny, though? So, like, Whitstable, which is, like, you know, like, the summer destination, and the beaches have, like, rocks on them, but, like, <laughs> Scotland has, like, these beautiful sandy beaches, but you don't want to sit out and go swimming. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, the, the Scottish people are all swimming, because they're more hardy, aren't they? I suppose the water probably never gets that warm, because Scotland doesn't ever get that warm. We hit it on warm days, but the, the I guess the difference in the, in the Caribbean is that it has some time to heat up, right? But yeah, so it was it was brilliant. It was such a good trip. Uh, and it also, as I said, inspired a couple of stories. So that's really good because that's kind of what we were missing in the pandemic, right? You need to go out and experience life and live life to get inspired to write different stories. So it served its... Not that I went on holiday to get inspiration for stories, but um, that was a happy bonus. While I was away, Big London Dreams went to the editor and uh, she actually sent it back a week early. So I sent it to her a week early, so... Um, tip for tap but she said it made her cry so that's a good sign right um, there were some things to change it's just come back today actually from the proofreader so uh, I'm planning to do the final read uh, through put all the changes in from the proofer do the final read through and then I'll get it out to my art team so this one is coming to a close it's all systems go for the final push the final finishing energy and it's weird isn't it because this one you know I, I it seems to have been hanging around for a long time <laughs> right because <laughs> our yeah. books our books where they normally have a gestation period of like three months maybe and then like the final push out the door this one's probably been start to finish six months so it's not actually that much longer but it feels quite a bit longer i might have separation anxiety and i have to push it out the door eventually to be Will you be there for me on the end of a phone? Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll just hit publish. Publish. Yeah. Pub- hit the publish button. That's what people have to do with me. Publish. Just hit the button. And I know I do say this, you know, about every book I do, but I really do think this one is a bit different because it's set in the 1950s, but it's it has got a clusterfuck of emotions. And when I've read it back, I really love it. So, But there is a happy ending, everyone. It's doomed for a while, but the ending is happy because otherwise, what is romance? What am I here for? What's my life about? So there's that. So that's what's happening on the work front. And this week, in fact, oh my God, it's today. Happy translation release day to me. Um, A Taste of Love is out in German and that is uh, Das Gefühl von Liebe Uh, uh, so that's exciting Um, and actually I have had a a couple of emails from people asking about translation so we we should do an episode on it Uh, and as well as all that um, Euro 2020 is also filling my life with joy TB I know it's not big news in the States but Ingerland have have won their group playing a brand of really dull football. It's a bit like watching Tottenham under Jose Mourinho. It's not pretty, it's not exciting, uh, and with Jose, it didn't get the job done. So uh, let's see if uh, England under Gareth Southgate will get the job done, who the fuck knows. But um, we've teed ourselves up for a uh, next level tie, or this one's comes, this uh, podcast comes out on June, I keep thinking it's July. June the twenty eighth, and on June the 29th we play Germany at Wembley. Can you can you tell the rest of us who don't really know what this tournament is? But what is this tournament? Is it kind of like the European version of the World Cup? It is exactly that, or as I like to call it, the Eurovision Football Contest. Um, it's the European Championship, so exactly that. So all the teams in Europe, uh, you have to qualify through um, group stages, and then if you qualify, then I think there's twenty four teams in the finals. Do they have to sing while they play? Um, that would be a great addition, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think that would bring in the American yeah, yeah. audience. <laughs> they just bust it out into like some random song. There's a severe lack of razzmatazz, I've got to say. <laughs> no jazz hands? No jazz hands, uh, no cheerleaders, um, no, none of those sort of pom-poms. No, none of that. Are you... Are people, are uh, spectators actually being allowed in stadiums now? It depends on the country. So uh, in in Budapest, for instance, and in, I think, in St. Petersburg, so Hungary and Russia, uh, yes, they were full 60,000 people in the stadiums. In the UK, we're only allowing a quarter into the stadiums. And I think most other European countries the same. I know I watched the Germany game last night and that was, didn't, looked uh, fairly sparsely. Uh, attended. However, the UK has said that for the final they're going to allow sixty thousand at Wembley, and that's in about a month. So who knows? I think I think there was some um, political arm twisting for that one. That kind of makes my heart stop a little bit because um, there's still still the threat of COVID. Yeah. So if you get like you know, I know you have to wonder how many are not fully vaccinated yet. That this. I hope it goes well. Yeah. I'm just going to be positive and just be like, it's going to go well. I, I agree, but I'm concentrating on the football. So let's say, come on England and go Wales as well. Scotland, unfortunately, didn't get through the group stages. So let's carry on then to our comments. Uh, what you got comment monitor? I've got no comments. Don't worry. I'll make up for that. Okay. We got some comments. <laughs> All right. We had a couple emails of to our lesbians who write email address. So first off, Debbie commented about our episode on indie publishers 
And Debbie said, it's like this. You both write better books on your own. So I thought that was a very nice thing to say. Mm. Thank you, Debbie. So, so thank you, Debbie. Uh, we had Neen, who was, oh, yeah, Neen was a bit disappointed in me. Let me get through this comment. So <laughs> I forget what episode it was, but you made a reference to a Doris Day film. Like, was it Calamity Jane? Calamity Jane, yeah. And apparently Neen can't remember anything else from this uh, episode because uh, Neen was this in complete and total shock that I have never seen this movie or I'd never even heard of it. And I'm surprised as well because I'm a huge classic film person and I've seen a lot of Doris Day films, but this one somehow I have no idea. It skipped me. So, um, but Neen was, you know, I don't think she was truly upset. Do you think she's going to keep, do you think she's going to keep listening or do you think that's it? Oh, that would be, wouldn't that be funny if that was the breaking point? (laughs) (laughs) Or needs like, I'm out. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. So you weren't the only one, because I remember you being surprised I hadn't seen it. Apparently that's kind of across the board. Did I lose like lesbian points on this? Mm. I think you might have done actually, because, you know, Doris in a, in a, pair of jodhpurs and, and, and leather boots wielding a pistol. Wow, so this is a bad pride month for me. I just lost all my points, so I yeah. can't really fly my rainbow flag this year. Okay, so also um, we had I, I got a couple of emails. Candice says we uh, provide really great feedback, but Candice also provided two vagina words. We asked for different words for vaginas. I'm, a, I'm amazed how often I have to say that word now. I hardly ever say this word. But with this podcast, I have to say vagina a lot. Mm. Um, so Candace provided cunt wasp. What you want now? <laughs> cunt wasp. I don't want a wasp anywhere near my cunt. What? what, what? <laughs> Candace did explain that this um, came to Candace in a dream, so I'm not sure. Okay. But the other, the other contribution for uh, different phrases for vagina is harvest patch and this is a shout out to sam adams oktoberfest beer name harvest patch so out of those two which would you prefer neither <laughs> that was not an option <laughs> i'm making you it choose one no i'm no, making it an no, option no no <laughs> it's a fail on I'm, both i'm going for harvest patch because okay. i play the by the rules claire <laughs> all right um and then our final comment section is bias a coffee uh deb loves the podcast and the work we do candace also uh gave us a shout out and m thanks us for all the entertaining podcasts and much enjoyed and always and m always looks forward to the next one so we appreciate everyone who has reached out via email or twitter or wherever to give us comments and uh for those of you who have bought us a coffee we really appreciate it thank you very much indeed we do thank you thank you thank you So let's get on to the topic of the day, which is Pride Memories. Now, um, there's been a lot of talk about Pride this week, uh, especially with the Euro 2020 tournament, because uh, I don't know if you heard, but Hungary um, just introduced a Section 28 style law whereby uh, it's now illegal to talk about being gay in schools or anything like that um, and just to the promotion in in inverted commas of any other um, lifestyle or any other sexuality uh, other than being straight so it's a bit shit really um, we I grew up with this I live with section 28 in the UK it's very very damaging um, because 
you know, the norm is just to promote being straight, that's it. And if you do anything else, you could be put in jail. So it ain't good. But uh, in the tournament, in the Euro 2020 tournament this week, uh, Germany played Hungary. And Germany um, wanted to light up the stadium where they were playing Hungary in rainbow colours as a protest to the Hungarian government. Um, and everybody was very for it in Germany, which is a very forward-thinking country. Uh, but UEFA stepped in and said it's a political statement and football is not political. So they banned it. So uh, Germany stepped in and gave out pride flags to everybody entering the stadium. Uh, so there was a lot of pride flags being waved last night, which is lovely. Uh, but, you know, it's just things like that. And Poland now has LGBT free zones in its country because it also has a far right uh, government. The UK and the US aren't doing that well either on this sort of thing. So pride is more necessary than ever, uh, unfortunately. Uh, in this day and age. But we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to dwell on our favourite Pride memories. So tell us about your favourite Pride memories, TB. Now you keep saying memories like as in plural. <laughs> okay, tell us about your favourite Pride memory. <laughs> okay, but I am going to touch a bit on the dark side as well with my favourite Pride memory. I can come up with other ones, but one of my favourite ones was, I think it was back in uh, 2017 when I was living in uh, Dublin, because I don't know uh, if you know this or how many people know this, but I didn't know until I moved to Ireland. But Ireland is is the country who has legalized same-sex marriage via the ballot box. A lot of like uh, the other ones, it was it went through more um, judicial routes and stuff like that. But the people voted to uh, legalize same-sex marriage, and they're quite proud of that, and they should be. So I was very excited when we were there for Pride. I forget that exact date, but there was um, there was Pride in Dublin, and it was one of those beautiful, beautiful days in Dublin where it was this like blue sky, those little white puffy clouds that looked like they were just painted up there. It was a fun atmosphere. I enjoyed Pride Parade uh, much more than I enjoyed the um, St. Patrick's Day Parade, but that one was just overcrowded with a bunch of drunk Americans. So that's one of the reasons. <laughs> I didn't like St. Patrick's Parade, but um, the Pride Parade was just absolutely amazing. It was fun. It was festive. A lot of people were just out and about, and um, it there was a lot of families, a lot of kids with uh, rainbow flags and everything, and it was just a great environment. And then we went like on a pub crawl, as you do in Ireland. We went on a pub crawl. Everyone was just in a great mood. And we live kind of close to um, Panty Bar. I don't know if you're familiar with Panty Bar in Dublin. It's a, it's a well-known uh, gay bar in Dublin, and the owner, Panty, was one of the uh, key pushers for legalizing same-sex marriage. So obviously this was going to be the place to go on Pride. And it was, apparently, because when we got in line to get into it, it was like two- or three-hour wait. And so I, I bounced because um, I didn't want to stand in a line for that long because it was quite a warm day you could just feel like when you're wandering around on i think it's on capel street uh panty bar you could just feel it like the the pulse on uh, the music was just like on the sidewalk like you're walking it was almost like you had to dance wherever you went it was just an exciting time i looked up i recently googled panty bar because i was wondering with uh covid um if it you know survived lockdown and everything and i was sad to learn <laughs> Two days prior to my Googling, a homophobic slur was painted on the building 
next to Panty Bar, or two buildings down the Panty Bar, which is the Etsy store. And it, it was a terrible homophobic slur. I won't repeat it. It's just your usual. It just reminded me, like, when you were talking about with Hungary and Poland and our stuff. Like, I keep thinking things. It's 2021. I keep thinking, like, how can we still be dealing with this same hate when I was coming out in 92, 93, living in Colorado, where they were trying to change the Constitution, where marriage was just between man and a woman, and it was a very... I, I was dealing with... Um, when I was going to uh, classes on campus, um, I was dealing with a lot of hate, with a lot of signs, like massive signs about how I was going to go to hell and how I was a terrible human being and I deserved to be killed. And I keep thinking now that, you know, it's been so many years since then, like 30 years since I was in college, or roughly, not quite, but around there. And we still are going through these battles. And this is why, like you said, pride is still so very important we can't stop celebrating the fact that we have a beautiful community and we need to support each other and so and i keep hearing a lot from other people who don't know what it's like like oh it's so much easier to come out now like you know and everything like that and it's really still a big effing big deal it's still really fucking scary there's still parts of the world where you can't where you're not safe but yet another reason why it's so important for not just us, but other writers in the LGBTQIA plus spectrum to keep sharing these stories, to keep sharing our stories, because it is kind of almost vital that you, other people will learn that they're not alone. But I have good news about the panty bar. Within hours, when the graffiti was discovered, um, Etsy got involved and people got involved and it was painted over and it was totally obliterated by, you know, midday. So there are still a lot of key advocates throughout the community as well. We got to really give a shout out to the people who do have our backs and who are like, like with Germany handing out the rainbow flags. That's a major middle finger. And I appreciate it. I love it. Yeah. Cause whenever I do go to Berlin and everything, I love, that's one of my favorite cities in Europe. I feel very welcome, but it's just a really fun city and it's very welcoming. So I appreciate hearing that. And then I don't know if you heard the news here, I was out of town for a bit, so I didn't follow up too much. But um, an NFL player who was actually still active playing in the NFL came out. And that I don't think that's happened in the NFL. Like, people who have retired since do come out, but I think he's the first player who came out. And then I saw um, that his jersey was one of the number one selling jerseys. So that's another great thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there are a lot of great things. No, I did see that, and uh, well done him, Carl. Carl, somebody, wasn't it? Uh, but well done, Carl, uh, and that's a huge thing. I'm still waiting for the first footballer to come out. That'll be a huge thing. Uh, but yeah, that there is still a lot of. Um, I, I think every time you have great strides, which we have had all around the world in the last twenty, thirty years, with um, sort of marriage equality um, and laws coming in to protect you so you won't get um, fired from a job for your sexuality there's always then a backlash it's just what happens it's the cycle of history it doesn't change unfortunately um, but uh, we've got to try and um, you know this is all about favorite pride memories um, and this year in London there isn't gonna be a beer pride cause COVID um, they're thinking it might be pushed back to September but let's see but I think some of my favorite pride memories actually are in London um, in the 90s uh, I didn't I never really went to the big what, what's the word I'm looking for I did the parade 
I did the parade. Celebration? Yes, the celebration, which was always in a park. And parks for me are always a bit too muddy. Get too many people in a park, TB. Too much mud. Don't like mud. So I used to do the parade, but then go to Soho. <laughs> and there was always a great atmosphere in Soho. Um, and it was just lovely hanging out in the bars and restaurants there. We would just go for a nice meal, hang out in the bars. And then when the actual celebration in the park finished, everyone would come to Soho. And so it was like you had a head start. Uh, now, Pride is always always in Soho. So Soho is a bit too crowded for me. Maybe I'll go to the park now because there won't be as much mud, right? <laughs> That's the woman who just went hiking for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but it was... It was, yeah, you see, but I had the right shoes on, right? But then it was dry, there was no mud, so it's the perfect time for me to go hiking. Like, I think the first, one of the first ever prize, I did go to the actual celebration, and that was back in the time when there was a big women's tent, and I remember meeting a few friends, but then I lost them all, um, but it didn't matter. Uh, I was in the women's tent, I was dancing, I met some women, you know, we had a great time. And then I rang up one of my friends who lives in London, and she, she's not gay, and she wasn't at the, at the uh, Pride. But she does live in London, so she had a spare room. <laughs> and I missed the last train home because I was having so much fun in the women's tent. So I rang her up and said, can I come and stay at yours? And she's like, because um, I, I, I was living in Bath at the time. And she said, yeah, come over. And I got there and she, she had some brie and cranberry parcels in her oven. And she just made them and put them in for me. And we sat up drinking tea and eating brie and cranberry parcels. So, you know, happy times. Happy, happy memories, TB. But I've also had great ones in Vancouver, and I remember that in that was in 2003 when I was just travelling the world. And you know, like I think I've been travelling for about six months. Then, when you've been travelling that long, you want a bit of you're sort of starved of particular gay sort of uh, celebrations uh, because you're not just doing your usual thing, and you're starved of a feeling of home. Uh, and it was just fantastic to get to Vancouver and um, look up a gay bar, go there and then meet other people and then realize it was actually pride weekend and we actually got to celebrate pride in vancouver and that was an amazing thing and a bit like you were saying sort of the pulse on the street uh and being canada it wasn't overcrowded it wasn't dirty it was it was it, you know it was it was a very ordered and well thought out pride which was you know appealed to my virgoness the only thing was you couldn't drink on the street now that you know in london drinking on the street is a, like a I think you do it pride like all the bars will serve you plastic glasses of beer and you can drink on the street in canada it's illegal to do that so they had these cages <laughs> set up all down the street so you could go in a cage to drink and that was a bit weird yeah and the other one i really remember is san francisco as well that was probably around 2005 and that was my first ever experience of dykes on bikes which was awesome and i went to this amazing restaurant and drank some amazing cocktails and then saw a load of lesbians in leather on bikes and I was nothing but impressed. Did you want to join? I would have been one of those women sort of uh, on the back. I'm, I'm, not yeah. a I'm not a driver, yeah, but I, w I would love to have been on the back of one of those bikes. But um, Would you buy the leather? Uh, I'm not sure me and leather are friends, but um, so you know. So leather's out, mud's out, crowds mm. are out. Yeah. <laughs> and drink cages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think drink cages, yeah, it's not my favourite thing, got to say. Uh, what do you mean cages? Like, was it just like uh, metal fencing? Yeah. Okay, so there wasn't like anything on top, there wasn't like an actual like cage where it was like on top as well, like you know, like, we're like in a, like a dog kennel. Do you know, I couldn't swear that there was nothing on top as well. I, 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 I don't think so, I think it was, I think it was topless. But it went like quite high up, so, but it, they were massive, like it, it sort of took up the whole road right like bits yeah, of the whole road 
there's a drinking is pretty much illegal in the U.S. as well outside of establishments unless it's like a beer garden kind of thing. Um, obviously, I think New Orleans is different. We're in the French Quarter. You can wander around with drinks, but here is also a bit bit more uh, tedious to try to figure out if you can drink outside. Right. Okay. <laughs> we're we're very uh, puritanical, and I guess Canada has taken that up as well. Yes. Whereas you know, in Europe, we encourage drinking on the street. I was I was talking about that with a friend recently because um it was really rainy one day and everyone was trying to like crowd into a restaurant and it made me nervous so I didn't want to go in there I was like you know in Britain like even in the winter time like on the coldest night people are still outside the pub drinking and it's not just the smokers it's just part of like the culture there where you like to drink outside mm. <laughs> that's one thing that COVID's done that's good right because it's it's created like seating outside seating and heating. Yeah, and I, I remember being in um, Prague uh, during the Christmas uh, festival, and a, there was a lot of seating outside and a lot of drinking outside, and they had, like, they would, you know, they probably don't do this now because of COVID, but, like, they would hand out blankets to put over your lap, and they had the heaters and everything, but it was it was just part of the culture there, and we don't have it here for some reason. I don't know why, because we're really outdoorsy people, but not when it comes to fucking drinking. We <laughs> want to sit down inside. You're a bit too used to your home comforts in the US and Canada. Come to Europe, yeah, that, that stand on an awkward, uh, windy corner in the middle of London yeah. with about 100 other people and drink from a plastic cup. I mean, what's not to love? Quite a lot, yeah. actually. Well, also because your pubs are much smaller, too, because they were built very long time ago before the population. Like, if you want to have a beer at the pub, you kind of have to brave the elements because you can't stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, do let us know uh, your favourite Pride memories. Um, we'd love to hear them. And wherever you are, I hope you've had a great Pride month. Um, it's been, you know, celebrations obviously have been curtailed a little bit because of COVID. But hopefully in London we'll get um, a celebration in September. And it's always good to remember that Pride came out of protest. And um, it's still very necessary um, to just mark, mark it and keep it going. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so in the normal ways. Go to the website, www.lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us, at leswhowrite, Instagram me. Right, next week, join us next week uh, when we are going to be discussing how our year's gone because we are at the half-year stage. So uh, join us then and we'll take you through what we've achieved and what we haven't. All right. All right. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I think Boston's going to do the same with, uh, I think they're going to try and do Pride in the fall. So we'll see. Well, maybe we can do two Pride episodes then if that actually happens. Yes, we live. Live from Pride. Trying to figure out how to do it live. <laughs> but not in a cage. Well, I might have to be in a cage if I want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, TB in a cage. All right, uh, join us next week. Until then, stay safe. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.